Welcome to Awesome with Allison. I'm Allison, and my only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at me, laughing with me, or learning something new and helpful, I hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I've got my producer, husband, and lover. Yo, what's up? Eric Robertson. That's me. We're doing good, huh? We're doing dang good. We launched the podcast. Oh, yeah. Since since we last spoke, friends, we released our first three episodes, and now we're in Pleasant Picture Studio recording episode number four. Thank you so, 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 so much for being here. Thank you for your kind comments. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for your ratings. Thank you for giving us a chance. And today we are going to be talking about when things go horribly <laughs> horribly wrong and the lessons we have learned from them horribly horribly wrong or not what i would have liked or different than i would have expected yeah mine are more in that different than you would have expected because i understand that horribly horribly wrong is a perception you know things happen or they or they don't happen and then our perception of them is just that our perception of them anyway we can go into stoic philosophy later (laughs) <laughs> which we will so which we will hope you've got a good three hours ready no 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 we'll keep it quick and cute um and so we're going to share some things uh because i think when we're talking about trying to feel awesome it's easy to you know get to the conclusion and the conclusion is the awesome part you know we had these positive feelings this awesome thing happened um but along the way there are always lots of things that don't go as Plant. And and we shared some of that in episode two when Eric talks about losing his job and how that helped us kind of determine our career paths a little bit more. Um, and so that is that is the effort. I share because I care, not because I just love talking about myself so much, but because I sincerely hope with my heart that by sharing these experiences, some of them kind of personal and, and honestly pretty vulnerable, that it opens you up to a thought or inspiration that you need that's going to help you feel more awesome. So that's our intention as we go into this, and we sincerely hope that you find some value. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I think I have less than you, so if we sandwich it, okay. you, you should start. Okay, so I've shared this before, um, but now I have some space and even more distant in insights from it. So thing that went horribly, <laughs> horribly wrong for me, number one, is, again, and that's my perspective, it was um, I wasn't invited to something that I thought I should be invited to. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Um, And I know that sounds really, really silly, uh, especially in retrospect, but at the time it meant a lot to me. It messed with my definition of myself. It made me question my value. It made me question my worth. It made me question how other people saw me. I wasn't invited to kind of this uh, group of bloggers who were doing something that I knew every single person who was going and considered each and every single one of them a friend and still do consider them friends. They did me a favor and I considered them peers and they didn't invite me. And it wasn't malicious. It wasn't mean. It wasn't because they're bad people. It just was, they didn't see me in the same group. And that's what hurt. And it hurt my feelings so much. I felt like a silly little schoolgirl. Um, who hadn't gotten invited to a slumber party. And it was an overnight thing, so I, I kind of wasn't invited to the slumber party. <laughs> and and that... Uh, Which is a shame, because you have cute pajamas. Thank you. I do. <laughs> I do have some cute pajamas. 
Um, and this led me to, this is something I shared in my How to Be Awesome series. This led me to the conclusion that I needed to invest in people who were investing in me. And um, invest in people who invest in you is, you know, one of my little catchphrases. My friend Melanie lettered it. I shared it. I shared the story. And that saying has gone viral on Pinterest. It's been um, shared over and over again on Instagram accounts. I see it all the time pop up. This has been a totally invaluable tool for me. Invest in people who invest in you. I share it every single time I speak. I share it regardless of the topic I'm talking on, whether it's branding or making your life what you want it to be. And the concept is when you put your time and energy into the people who are putting their time and energy into you, you will be rich with awesomeness. And um, why this was something that I learned so much from is because uh, it hurt and so I've always remembered the lesson. I'm so grateful for the lesson. And um, I've had conversations with close family members, close friends, people who I meet on the street, and they have told me that these words have impacted them for better. And so I will forever be grateful for some, for that instance. Um, I've actually even told you know one or two of them, hey, this helped me come up with this. <laughs> Because also what it did is it it also helped me kind of re reevaluate the direction I was going in with my blog. I saw myself in that in that group and they didn't. Does that mean I wasn't part of that group? No, right? Like I'm not gonna let their definition color my definition, but it did kind of reframe things for me. And I thought, why didn't they consider me? And I thought, because I'm not actually putting out that type of content. I think I am or I used to, but I'm no longer putting out that type of content. And it helped me, uh, you know, I had to humble myself and then I, I could have like a reality check, right? Yeah. Okay, so something that went horribly wrong. I had my feelings hurt. I wasn't included. Came up with some really awesome insight. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Your turn. My turn. <laughs> So uh, if you listen to episode two, it's where we talked about where I had a life-changing experience of losing a pretty comfortable job, which kind of forced me to follow what I wanted to do. One of the things I was doing, I was kind of grasping for straws, kind of get, trying to get any validation or any type of work. I was reaching out to like semi-famous composers in the area, people that were making a living doing what I wanted to do. And I reached out to someone who I respected and I got an email back saying, oh, you know, I looked at your stuff. It's great. I'd love to have you work on a project or two. Like, let's get together. And that was huge for me. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is the answer. I'm going to work with this guy and I'm going to, you know, get in and in the business. Well, I never heard from him again. I emailed him more times. I never heard. <laughs> and at the time that felt like I forgot about that. It was the answer. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's it. This is so cool. I'm going to, this is, this is my end. Well, he didn't get back to me and it, felt awful and I felt, you know, rejected. What it did for me though, is I was like, you know what, I'm just going to become so good at my craft. I'm going to be, you know, it just made me like push myself over the edge. Yeah. And I eventually ran, he actually ran into me later. He came to my studio for a project and we talked about it and he's like, oh my gosh, he's like, wow, you're doing great. It looks like, I, you know, I was booked out at the time. He's like, yeah. you know, that's a sign of, you know, so someone who's doing what they should and is successful. So it had, and at the time it probably felt like he was giving you the brush off and didn't care about you, but it actually really almost had nothing to do with you. No, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. I, I, I get emails from kids that want to come in and like watch me work or like, you know, want me to 
you know, work with them or give them they work. Or shadow something. you. And I, I don't have, yeah. it's so hard to like get back. I'm a bit so busy on my own doing my own thing. And so, but it was, it was such a blessing for me because instead of getting depressed, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go kick butt. I'm going to learn yeah. my craft. And it, yeah. and I wouldn't have learned that if I would have had an easy in. There's just yeah, no way. That's like, true. I had yeah. to earn, I had to learn it and earn it on my own. Learn it and earn it. Learn okay. and earn. TM. That's mine. <laughs> We're gonna get somebody to hand letter that. Yeah. Learn it and earn it, and then you can hashtag pleasant pictures. <laughs> I love that. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so my second one was an experience that I had from last year. I've shared this before. I tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist. Teeny tiny. A little teeny tiny bit, which is tricky when I also not only am a perfectionist, but I also want to change things all the time because I like to torture myself or because, <laughs> because I'm not interested unless I'm changing it all the time. And so um, I did four dance parties last year. And uh, because I've been doing these dance parties for a long time, I am fortunate enough that uh, the tickets sell out. And um, I am so grateful for that. But then it puts me in the position of feeling like I've disappointed people. And that's uh, hard for me. So like, again, Boo-hoo, Allison. Mm. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's really upsetting for me to feel like I'm disappointing people. And so when the second dance party of the year rolled around, um, I listened to the people. I got a lot of pressure from people saying, just add more tickets, just add more tickets. And kind of the tone which I heard it in was, why was I being so selfish and exclusive to not add more tickets? And again, they probably didn't mean it like that. People just were disappointed or upset. Um, and I took it that way, right? And so I started thinking, well, uh, this is a bigger venue. Maybe I can add some more tickets. And But in my gut, I've always believed that you know, one reason I do the dance parties is to help people feel spoiled, loved, and included. And as the numbers get bigger and bigger, I'm not able to make, I'm not able to have as much control over the event. That's what it comes down to. I'm also a control freak. I have a lot of problems. So as the numbers get bigger and bigger, I'm not able to have quite as much control. Um, so I made a decision, which at the time I thought was based out of love um, and not fear, to add more tickets to my second party. And I did more people than I had ever done before. Again, I don't regret this because the only way to learn is to fail. And it didn't even fail. But there were a couple of aspects of the party I was not super pleased with. And there are even aspects that I don't know if other people would notice. Um, there were some lines that were longer than I would have liked them to be. Uh, the checkout wasn't as um, seamless as I would have hoped. And I also was really unable to speak with as many people one-on-one -on -one at the event, which other people might not care about that. But for me to feel satisfied, having that connection really matters. And looking back, I realized I made that decision out of fear. Fear of disappointing people, fear of telling people no. I thought it was love because I was trying to please people, but it was really more fear of disappointing those people. And so things were horribly horribly wrong in that it wasn't complete and utter perfection which again it's perception it wasn't horribly horribly wrong but at the time i mean i beat myself up about that for a long time yeah yeah it really did like 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 deep depression 
We had a lot of conversations. A lot about of conversations with my brain. A lot of conversations. <laughs> Who's in charge? I Who's don't know. in charge? I'm not. A <laughs> uh, lot of conversations with Eric. A lot of conversations with close friends. Um, but what I learned from that was, again, you know, really how to evaluate, am I making this decision based out of love or fear? And to follow my gut, you know, I'm glad that I did it because now I know and I can tell people, hey, I don't think I can give you the absolute best experience if I sell too, too many tickets. I can say it with confidence, with love. I'm super glad I did it. I don't, I don't think I would have known unless I tried it. Yeah. Well, I know you and I watch you. And whenever you follow your gut, even if it seems like it's not the financial smarter move or yeah. whenever you follow your gut, no matter the outcome, you're, you're so much more at peace with the results, even if the results aren't perfect. That's, that's true. So That's a good point. Because when I know that my intention was pure and coming from a place of the most knowledge I had, I don't beat myself up as much because there's on, I can't do any better than that. Right. Like I right. can't do any better than. Which is still not good enough sometimes. It's still- <laughs> <laughs> most times, all the time. <laughs> Ooh, that's why I'm doing the podcast. Allison's got to learn. So the fine line between fear and love. It's a fine line. It is a fine line because I really did. Because at the time you thought it was out of love. I did. And you know what though? That At that time, that's not a lesson I had learned. And so I might not have asked myself that question at that time. No, you were just trying to please people. I just was trying to please people. And, and where does that lead you? To, miserable. Yeah. Miserable because I'm not pleased with myself. And I, I, it's the only dance party where I got a couple of emails that said, "Hey, this I didn't get this or I didn't get that." They weren't even mean. They weren't even mean. No, they weren't. Even, they weren't complaining. Emails. They weren't even complaining. They were just like, "Hey, like I didn't get this or this didn't work out." And it was like three emails, and I mean, I it wrecked me that I had disappointed. I it wrecked me. But um. But you, you don't. Can, you don't do that anymore. So that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Is well, you, I get wrecked, but about different. Well, no, she gets. Yeah, there's there's always wreckage, but there's always you know the the, the pendulum the pendulum swings back and forth Whee! dramatically. Whee! Okay, hit but, it, buddy. Sure, okay, number two. Last one for me. Yes. Okay, so this is uh, about a year ago. I'm in my career. I, um, so my first studio out of the house was a small kind of a bedroom sized studio in downtown Provo above a restaurant, and it was super comfortable for me, and I loved it, and I loved like. Um, the coziness of it, and I loved what I was doing. I was composing for commercial music. I was occasionally working with an artist or a band, like producing their stuff. And then I got, um, I thought, you know what? I need to to really go to the next level. I need a bigger studio, and I need to be able to have have the capacity to do everything a big studio can do. Mm-hmm. A lot of expensive equipment, um, a control room, you know, yeah. a place where I can just do all this stuff. More, more, more. So of course, you know, I kind of get what I want. I'm not bragging, but I just kind of, you know. Well, you go for it. Yeah, I kind of go for it. So I figured out a way. I found a bigger studio space. I acquired a bunch of gear. Um, At a really good price. I got, yeah. So I so I had this setup where I could do all the stuff for bands where I could record them. And I had this full-fledged studio. And I did a bunch of social media promotion. And I built it up. And I said, okay, now I'm here. And I'm going to have this big studio. Mm-hmm. And then I realized after doing it, I didn't love it. No. It didn't feel you would, good. You would hide kind of in yeah. your office, like in the corner. Yeah. And people would walk in and out and it'd interrupt my flow. And I was working flow, working man. with bands and it's and I just didn't just didn't love it. It didn't feel right. So yeah. the second, you know, I kind of swallowed my pride. I just established myself as this big studio. Mm-hmm. 
And then I built my home studio kind of the same size as my first one. And I went back to what I loved. So I thought I was going to, you know, love having this big established studio. And then I realized after spending a year and a half doing it, I really didn't love it. And And I I came back and I'm so much happier now. I think some people would see that as a step back. Oh, totally. But it's really a step forward because it's a step towards what you want to be doing. Yeah. Well, outward appearance, it looks, it could look like a step back, but as far as like my work satisfaction and how I feel about my, what I'm doing, it's so much better. And I don't think anyone perceives it as a step back because you don't feel the need to compensate for that or act as if you're, oh, it's smaller, but it's just, do you know what I mean? Like the way that you present it, people just go, oh, that was the next natural progression. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but I mean, it looks like like with any business, you can pivot to do something big and grand, and then yeah, if it's not if it's not what you love, I mean, yeah. it's okay to go back small to like find your niche again. And I and I left my niche thinking I wanted something bigger and grander, and it's not what I wanted. So this is not something that went horribly wrong, but it's just like a kind of a a different path that I took. Realized it was wrong, and I kind of self corrected. Well, and again, I think again, like nothing goes horribly wrong. It's things go one way or the other, and then it's the perception we bring to it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I've been reading this awesome, awesome book, and then I recommended it. Recommended. Recommended it. <laughs> she recommended it. I recommended it. it. She graduated to, from to high graduated, school. Uh, to Eric. It's called The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph, and it's by Ryan Holiday. And I am la in this book. Me too. Like loving it. And um, I've been listening to it and this I think is super, super applicable to everything that we're sharing. And so again, this is from The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Everything can be flipped. Seen with this kind of gaze, a piercing look that ignores the package and sees only the gift. Or we can fight it the entire way. The result is the same. The obstacle still exists. One just hurts less. The benefit is still there below the surface. What kind of idiot decides not to take it? Now the things that other people avoid or flinch away from, we're thankful for. When people are rude or disrespectful... They underestimate us. A huge advantage. When they're conniving, we won't have to apologize. We make an example out of them. I don't make an example out of people. That's my aside. But (laughs) back to him. Critical or question our abilities. Lower expectations are easier to exceed. When other people think we're lazy, it makes whatever we accomplish seem all the more admirable. It's striking. These are perfectly fine starting points, better in some cases than whatever you would have hoped for in the best case scenario. So I share that kind of passage from his book because I love, love, love the concept of everything can be flipped. And so as we share these experiences, the first one being left out of something where I thought I should have been included, I was able to get a clearer definition of myself and learn the valuable lesson of investing in people who invest in me. Um, Maybe there's a place in your life where you're feeling left out or excluded and how can you flip that? And then Eric uh, reaching out to someone, again, feeling excluded, feeling like he wasn't being valued. He was able to flip that and work really hard and learn really valuable lessons that propelled him. And then the dance party going against my gut. Uh, I could, again, I really beat myself up about that. But then when I came to do that next dance party, I had better customer service, better experience, harder rules for the reasons why I was doing things. Uh, what was the one you just shared was my career, the studio, the big, the studio downsizing again. Yeah. So if you flip that, it's you're one step closer to exactly where you should be. Yeah. All right. 
the lessons we've learned from when things have gone horribly, horribly wrong. In the end, it all comes back to, it's not about me, but it's the Allison Show! <laughs> Such a fine line. Such a fine Just line. The finest of lines. The finest of lines. I'm going to share one more quote from The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, remember and remind yourself of a phrase favored by Epictetus, persist and resist. Persist in your efforts. Resist giving in to distraction, discouragement, or disorder. And I love that resist giving into distraction, a negative thought cycle, like one person making me feel like what I'm doing, I should quit. That's that's honestly a distraction too. It's easier to think about poor me, poor Allison, I should quit than it is to get down and do the work, the hard stuff, um, discouragement and disorder. And I think when things feel messy and complicated, that's when we want to give up. That's when we want to think everything's gone horribly, horribly wrong. But we must resist and persist. Persist and resist. It's like a mosquito. I started screaming it in the car today when I heard that quote because I loved it so much. Persist and resist! Because I was feeling really down and it came on and I just started yelling, I will persist! I will resist! So I, I encourage you to do the same. Scream in your car. I want to thank you guys so much for this time. I want to thank you for sharing um, sharing with me. I would love to hear about something that went wrong for you. <laughs> no, no, no. And then what you learned from it. So if after hearing this, you are able to think about something in your life that you've formally framed as going wrong and are able to frame it as something that has gone right, I would love to hear that. Please send that in to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. Allison with one L. And I would love to start sharing awesome with fill your name in the blank here moments with everyone on this podcast. Again, because I don't want it to be just about me. I want to share your awesome moments. I want to share any lessons or anything that you have gained from listening to this podcast that you think would help other people. Please send it in to me so I can share it. And I'm going to be doing that in the next episode. So again, that's awesome with Allison at theallisonshow.com. I want to thank Pleasant Picture Studio for having us in his office. And I also want to remind you guys that if you sign up for my newsletter, Club Allison, you are able to get my free monthly wall calendar that has weekly challenges to help you have a more awesome year. January is just about to wrap up, but what we talked about today is going to have a lot to do with February's theme. I'm super, super excited to share February's theme with you. It's coming soon, so be sure to sign up for my newsletter at theallisonshow.com. Eric, what are you taking us out on this song is called little boys by my band new shack you can find it on spotify itunes Bandcamp, wherever you want i love that okay um i just have one more thing to say well do you know what it is i'm usually the end so you can't say it now sorry only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be okay okay take take it away take it away here we go